0: Hey guys, this is Chargers running back Joshua Kelly, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Much love. Aight.
1: Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast.
0: If we don't win this game, I'm doing the following podcast with underpants on my head and pencils up my nostrils.
1: There he is. Yes, the giant. He is Hank Scorpio. Not a blowout.
0: This team are going 0
1: 16. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast, I'm your host Elliot Bermudez and on this podcast we bring you the latest Chargers news, we review, preview every Chargers game and we're going to bring you the hottest takes around. I'm joined by my three fantastic co-hosts as always and we're going to do it in Spanish this week uh, in honour of one of them learning the language, so El Capitan, John Walls Jr.
0: Bonjour! (laughs)
1: Mate, back to Duolingo for you. Yeah, back to Duolingo. Buenas
0: noches. ¿Cómo está? (laughs) Bien, gracias.
1: Um, El hombre más suave.
2: John Ayers. Hoy. Buenas tardes, amigos. (laughs) People are going to go and go,
1: where's the button for sap? Why have I pressed it? (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, el rey. (laughs) Mr. King. Hello. (laughs) All right, Dan. How are you? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Come on then. What are we drinking this week?
0: Water. <laughs> oh, nothing. Nothing <laughs> else will do. Sponsored by. Uh, well, no, we're not giving any free sponsorship away today. They've had enough out of us.
1: By 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 the tap. Yeah, sponsored by the, by the, the tap.
0: tap. By the tap.
2: I did. I did get a nice uh, a nice like from your wife there, Waz, uh, from an from an Instagram photo of me smoking cigar and i mentioned that i was also having a nice hashtag was water with it so yes she enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, Steady. <laughs> that was uh, that was from my little holiday to the beach. I just needed to get away from the old city here. It was beautiful. While I was out there, I picked up a fresh bag of Bahio coffee at their cafe there. Hashtag not a sponsor. Um, but oh, it's, <laughs> it's just good stuff. Uh, it's a wonderful, they call it the Red Honey Light Roast. So a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, very nice mild tones. Got a great mouth feel. I just, mm, I love Bahio. They're they're quickly becoming one of my favorite Costa Rican brands here, so that is what I am drinking this evening.
3: And I am on water. Woo! <laughs>
1: Doubling up, I'm, I'm outraged. Well, I'm, I'm gonna up the ante, um, but bring it down as well because I'm having gin and tonic, good old-fashioned English drink. But I've uh, I've got a special gin, and I <laughs> I promise you this is real. I've got unicorn tears because I want you to be drinking <laughs> tears for this episode because you know uh, let's get it out of the way the big news of the week what we're all sad about and miserable it's completely burst my bubble sorry guys but uh, Derwin James has uh, well he's out for nine months with a torn meniscus so uh, you yeah, know, are we miserable as, as I am or are you guys uh, over it yet
0: yeah I think it's a bit of a shock to everybody especially considering it was it a was lots of people's favourite for the uh, Defensive Player of the Year uh, in 2020. Massive part of the Chargers' uh, defense. um, Talent's there, but unfortunately can't stay healthy. But we've got to move on.
2: You know, it's it's tough. I mean, I was really excited for this defense coming into the season. And, you know, Derwin James was a big reason for that. He is just uh, an elite talent back there. What he brings to the position, really nobody else does. And when you have a guy like that, uh, you know, people talking about the Isaiah Simmons uh, prospect and what he could do at the linebacker position because he can be moved around like a chess piece. I mean, Derwin James was kind of the, the prototype chess piece um, that inspired that same kind of confidence and it was why someone like Isaiah Simmons, who would normally probably be drafted you know in the second round because he doesn't technically have a, an official position, you know defensive coordinators are getting wise to the fact that these guys who don't have a strict position but can be moved around are actually more valuable than they thought. so it's really sad to see uh, James take another injury. And uh, be gone for the whole season, and you know it hurts, but uh, honestly, I'm I'm still really excited about this defense. I think that you know the defensive line um, is going to be able to cause a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I think what that's going to do is that's going to force quarterbacks to make decisions quicker, which means the secondary doesn't have to cover as long, which means we can kind of help fill the gap for uh, James. You know, and you know it also excitingly enough, I know we've talked about him before, but Nasir Adderley, you know, we were talking about can he get Time on the field of the ones, how much, how many reps is he going to get? How many, how many snaps is he going to take? Back in the safety position, being blocked by Jenkins and James. Uh, Well, James is out, so you know Nas has an opportunity to step up and and really grab hold of a starting position. Uh, Desmond King is also there. You know he was a safety converted to cornerback, and uh, you know Lynn actually even said that you know technically. they never really viewed him as a true cornerback. They really kind of looked at him as kind of a nickel guy. So, I mean, you could see him playing some snaps back there. Uh, The young rookie, Aloha Gilman, now has an opportunity to maybe get some starting reps when I really had pegged him for more of just a special teams guy. So, you know, they they said in the beginning of the season that, uh, sorry, beginning of the preseason, rather, that uh, they had a deep secondary group. And I really do think they do. And I think this is just kind of give us an opportunity to show that.
3: Yeah, kind of rings true with what coach said during the week like why would I go out and get anyone you guys have been saying our defense is stacked um i it, it's a it's a big loss obviously can't get round that um and it's it's a sad loss um but as as John said there we've got um Adelaide, we've got Gilman we've got king as long as it doesn't end up being Jaleel die then we're good
1: <laughs> no. Would you not take, um, he's the guy everyone wants to sign, Earl Thomas?
2: Earl Th- oh, no thank you. No. Talk about, a, I mean, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, and especially this most recent episode here, you know, you can really see there is a, just a genuine, like, brotherhood and fellowship, you know, a family in that locker room, and Earl Thomas has a reputation of being the opposite of that, being a locker room cancer, as they say, so he's on the downswing of his career and i just don't think he's that valuable of a piece i think i would rather just the chargers roll with what they got and you know just next man up kind of mentality
0: the positive as well from derwin james getting injured if there is one is that he can now focus on standing on the sidelines and mentoring the the rookie class you know we saw him do that when he was injured before um and people like kenneth murray are going to benefit from that you know Derwin James, he'll be sat on the sideline looking at what's going on on the field and obviously interjecting where he needs to. Yeah, And I think that's a, another pair of eyes that we wouldn't have had. So that is the positive from this situation. There's nothing else we can do about that. But we've well, got to take I, something away.
1: Yeah, well, I need your positives because the, for me, the season's over. That's it. Uh, game, I'm well, turning the telly off. <laughs> before, game pass
2: is cancelled. Before we leave oh, the subject, I do want to say we forgot one more potential... Um, player who has had some work at safety. No, I'm not talking about Kaiser White, who was a safety and converted to linebacker. White has taken zero snaps at safety in any practices. So Kaiser White is going to be uh, a linebacker. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. Hopefully the the staff will finally give him a chance. I feel like they kind of have forgotten about him. But um, I'm talking about the one and only reserve emergency safety Easton Stick. That's right. I said it. He is. This is a fact. This is a fact. Easton Stick has taken more practices or more snaps in practice as a safety than uh, anybody else on the team who is not a safety, including guys are white.
3: There's also one guy we've not mentioned, and that is Melvin Ingram. That guy can play every position on the field. (laughs) Yes, he can. Well, you you
1: you sort of dry my tears that are rolling down my face, and. uh, you know this. This I, I am devastated. I was so looking forward to watching him. He was the big piece I was excited about. Um, but I don't disagree with you. I think we've got the pieces there. It's just, you know, it's just typical for the charges. I, I keep sharing on Twitter. Um, <laughs> you know, it's ACL time or well, it's meniscus time. But you know, let's see if we can get beyond it. Um, let's let's talk positive. Let's see what's out there. So number one, uh, Lynn says that. For week one, at least, Tyrod is his man. Um, we've, I don't want to labour this point because we've discussed it. We've gone through uh, w- if we thought Herbert was going to start at any point, etc. But Tyrod's confirmed for week one. Are we surprised? Did we have any creeping doubts? Like I gar- I've i already guaranteed that Herbert's going to be starting by week three, did I say? Yes. Yeah. So uh, at least, you know, <laughs> week one's out of the way. But, uh, you know, are we surprised? Are we positive? What do we think?
0: No, we're not surprised. Uh, and we are positive, yeah. <clears throat> Tyrod, Tyrod, I think he's, he's in great shape. Um, we, we've documented his projections more than enough and charged up bolts. The coach believe in him, the roster believes in him, Tyrod believes in himself, and you can't ask for any more than that. I, th- I think he's a confident player. Uh, you know, he's, he's never going to um, win MVP um, or anything like that. We don't need that. He's a conservative quarterback. Let him do his job. We don't have to uh, sit and and, and um, you know marvel over his his fancy stats. Let, let him just do his job. Yeah. Keep the football. Well, and let's, well, what do let's you reckon
1: about his name? Because you just call him both it, it, but it, On well, Hard Knocks, they're calling him Tyrod. Tyrod, exactly. Outrageous.
0: It is. I blame our resident uh, American. John
2: <laughs> look he goes it it oscillates it goes by both I I, I don't think it matters what you call him I think uh, the only thing that matters is that we're calling him QB1 right Why don't that's we just call him why don't we just why
0: don't we call him Mr. T the second
2: Mr. T the second I mean he could be T squared T squared there you go well, that's t squared,
0: there
1: so that's you come. go Do You know what we keep talking about these nicknames now I'm going to throw a reference at you guys and if you've never seen this fair enough but I'll be outraged It's... We've got Anthony Lynn, right, the smooth, fantastic guy that connects. And I think, John, you were saying previously that he connects with his staff and he listens to the, what they're on about, makes a decision with them. And then you have the uh, the little general over at the Rams on Hard Knocks. Um, <laughs> uh, over there. But if I say the name Hank Scorpio, does that mean anything to you guys from The Simpsons?
3: <laughs> of course, of course. Yes,
1: I knew that. I knew you'd have it, Dad. He is Hank ahead. Scorpio. He is—he's like the James Bond evil villain character from early days Simpsons. My <laughs> wife's watching and goes, "Why is Hank Scorpio <laughs> in real life?" So uh, uh, I'd much rather have uh, Lynn than um, than the little general, as I've started the calling him. The
0: little general. We're gonna end up with all, uh, a nickname for all uh, players in the league by the end of this uh, season, aren't we?
2: <laughs> we need it, I think. So someone's gonna have to document that because I don't know if I can remember all these.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, we're probably going to need a nickname for um, apparently our new star wide receiver. So they, they obviously cut Andre Patton um, very early. I think it was a bit of a shock to people. People thought that um, he had a bit of a lead on, on wide receiver three, but he might be beaten out by uh, our two draftees that came in. I personally was keeping out an, a, a little eye on Twitter and on Hard Knocks to see... Um, who was mentioned and who got the limelight? Was it KJ Hill, Joe Reed, um, even Darius Jennings? And it's none of those. Jalen Guten. Is that how you say it? Guten? Guyton? Not sure. I'd go see, with is it, Guyton. Is it? Guyton. This is why we need a bloody nickname. So apparently he's been running with the wands. His speed, which is, has been seen from his time at college at the Combine and back with the Cowboys, has apparently shone through. Lynn mentioned wanting this threat that could stretch the field. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to say his name, the Travis Benjamin, but no, that that name should never be mentioned again. <laughs> but is this guy going to make the roster? Is he our wide receiver three, or are you guys sceptical? What do you think?
0: He's got every chance. Like everybody else, we just, it's going to be hit and miss. I mean, we've got, what, less than two weeks to go before the season starts. God forbid somebody stands on a... Uh, um, something sharp in the locker room and get gets ruled out for another six weeks or something daft like that we just don't know it's, it's, it's the charges way isn't it to uh, lose folk to the uh, trainer's room but if, he's, if if people are talking to in, him in, in this you know um, threat with his speed the bolt um well let, let's see what happens but I think at this moment in time these fringe players have got everything to, to play for and they're going to be obviously training hard in the in the next couple of days so yeah. Good luck to
2: the guy. Well, um, I mean, something that needs to be considered is the fact that, you know, we still have Michael Williams at that AC joint issue. So um, I, you know, not a hundred percent sure when he's supposed to be back. He's probably going to miss a couple games. Like that's just, that's just a fact. So, I mean, really we're talking about a wide receiver two and wide receiver three position here. Um, you know, I, just, <sighs> yes, he's got speed, but, and again, I, you know I, I'm piecing together what I can find I don't know if I trust his hands I mean honestly he kind of reminds me of Travis Benjamin sadly he is he, he's not that you know smooth hands kind of you know catch it tuck it kind of guy he's he's really a more of a body catcher from what I can see. Again, I'm not at practice and there's not really a lot of film on this guy to find, at least for me. I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe someone else can find more than me, but from what I can find on this guy, he just, I mean, he can catch it. Yes. He's a, he's a professional receiver in the NFL. I just, he doesn't have the reliable hands and I just, I worry that he is going to be someone thrown into action and he's going to cause a lot of drops. Yeah, you know. this is a good
0: point, John. Catching uh, footballs in, in training camp is, is all well and good, but you're not actually competing against a secondary that's out there to make a name for itself. You know, yeah. um, it's going to be a point that I'll come on to when we talk about the, the Jags later on. But yeah, you know, it's you, you've got to take elements of, of training camp with a pinch of salt. Prove yeah, put in on week one going forward.
2: So it's not just catching the ball. It's, it's holding onto the ball. I mean, I've yeah. seen, you know, there, there are multiple clips of him catching it and then having it knocked out of his hands. So I just, it worries me because, he, you know, he doesn't, yeah, he's fast. I, he doesn't seem to have, this, have any kind of elite route running separation skills that I can tell. He's just kind of a straight line runner. And if that is the case, again, I'm, I'm making assessments on limited film here, but if that is the case, he's not going to be able to get open. As, as much as he would like. And if you're talking contested catch, he's no Mike Williams. He's not going to be able to come down with that ball. I think he's just – it's going to get knocked away from him. So I just – to be honest, I would much rather see K.J. Hill out there as our wide receiver three. Uh, you know, yes, he's not a burner, but honestly, he's got great separation skills. He gets open, and his hands are next level. You know, to me, Joe Reed is a better version of Gwyton. Go Gwyton? Gwoten? I don't know. Whatever <laughs> his balls, name is. Balls. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. <laughs> I'm going to call him G-Money. So G-Money. G-Money. Um, he, uh, just, he, just, he doesn't flash to me. And I think, you know, I know Lynn lives loves to slow play the rookies and get him going. But honestly, you know, get him out there. I, we also have Darius Jennings. Let's not forget about that. Darius Jennings can come in and, and play. And I, I'd see Darius Jennings being involved earlier on again because they're vets. But, I mean, the camp reports have all been glowing on kj hill and he's been one of my favorites you know uh, and i understand why they drafted reed ahead of him because reed fit more what they were looking for but if you're telling me i can get you know keenan allen kj hill on opposite sides running routes making freaking defenders looking stupid putting them on skates and then i've got a deep threat you know whoever that is reed gwen Jennings, whatever you know running those running those uh, large post routes or, 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 or going deep. I, I like that combo. You know, I like that a lot. I think it gives Tyrod or Tyrod an amazing um, <laughs> array of weapons to throw to. And, and at the end of the day, again, if you've read my article on charge up about how I project this offense, I'm projecting them to run way more than pass. So, I mean, I don't know if why, you know, when Mike Williams goes back, I don't know why we wide receiver three is going to have much more use and, you know, just, I, I just don't I just, I don't know if it's going to be a huge position for us this year.
3: And I'm with you there. I mean, wide receiver three, I don't think, is going to be a huge issue, really, no matter who we play there. Um, wide receiver two with Mike Williams down might be, but even then, I, I mean, you're looking at feed Keenan Allen. Um, Austin Eckler is going to be catching. Hunter Henry is going to be catching. Uh, Henry. Ooh, Yes, Even Virgil Green showing that catch a couple of weeks back. I'm um, not holding out much hope there,
2: but... Um, I'd, say, I'd, the <laughs> say the name. Say the name. Say it. You know who you want to say? Donald uh, Parnum uh, Jr. There he is. Yes, the <laughs> giant. Yeah, um, and,
0: and we've got a quarterback that's going to move the ball. Mm-hmm. He's going to rush the football. You know, He's going he's to carry that ball down, move the chains. And create space. Yeah.
3: Um, but I, I think personally, I'd, I'd like it to be KJ Hill for the same reasons that John has mentioned. Um, just, I, I think that would be a good, a good fit. Um, but wh- whoever it is, I, I don't think it's gonna have too much
2: impact. Full disclosure, Ooh. my Dynasty fantasy teams, I have about six of them right now. Uh, I have KJ Hill, I think, on at least five of them. So that's a selfish reason for me to root for him too.
1: <laughs> well, I just, um, I, I see guy in G-Money, um, as a bit like Tyrell Williams in the early years. So in the latter years, when we wanted to re- him to be re-signed and he disappeared off to the Raiders, and um, he, he learnt to extend his hands, strong hands, and was that deep threat you could rely on. Um, but in the early years, he dropped a lot, he had weak hands, um, it was the big vulnerability. And I think, you know, if we get a guy, literally any guy, to run long, uh, run deep, stretch the field, I love the take John of, uh, of these these handsy route, uh, route runners underneath uh, and space for Eckler and Tyrod to run into so you know, I, I I don't mind I'm happy to see who, who Lynn decides on um, but uh, let's see who wins out, it's one of the themes of training camp, so good luck to you Guyton? Oh, I've given up just call on IR um,
2: Can we just, can, can can we just call him, no. just yes, call him yeah, a guy?
1: You, uh, just a guy, just a guy. But yeah, Tyrell Williams, yeah, didn't he? Uh, was he an ACL uh, problem and out for the season?
2: Uh, I don't think it was ACL. I thought it was more like a a core injury of some sort. Oh was, was it? Or just that? A, yeah, it was, he
1: oh, yeah, was? a yeah, Raider and he it just up. gave it's up. It's uh,
3: shoulder injury, impending surgery.
2: Okay, Jesus. Yikes. So yeah, he's he's done for the season. So, um.
1: well, we are in that window of everyone. Everyone keeps saying on Twitter, oh, we, it's the Chargers curse. No, no, all these teams are losing. Losing mm. top flight players, it's, it's regular. Uh, and something I've come to accept, I, when I was first into NFL, I was like, oh, God, one of these unreliable inju- injury guys. Actually, you know, we all know this, it is a feature um, of the league. The, the line, every line in the NFL last year lost people to injury. So you can't look at, you know, we signed Belaga, and he was injured for a few games. So um, these things happen, you want to roll with it, next man up. And, um, and fill the gaps with whoever shines really in, in the limited window they're going to have this year.
2: Well, to put some uh, put some numbers on that, uh, the Chargers are, oh, I think, a little bit unlucky or at least cursed. I don't know. Uh, if you follow Warren Sharp on, uh, on Twitter, great guy to follow, a lot of analytics, a lot of data. I love his analysis. He, uh, he went through f- football outsiders who, who actually do have a stat that they call um, adjusted games lost. Uh, which is basically just a summation of, you know, how many it, they take every player and the possible games they could play and how many games they're lost um, due to injury, right? Is and this I like g-
1: war, like in baseball wins above co- replacement sort of thing?
2: Yeah, it's like the injury version of war. Yes. Okay. That's a good way to put it. So they, and they rank every team 1 to 32 on, you know, basically, and it basically is a health score, right? How healthy was this team, right? Let's look at the Chargers starting in 2013, what their health score is. And again, this is out of 32 teams. Number 28, not good. Number 31, very not good. Number 27, not good. Number 31, very not good. 2017, we were 16. All right. Middle of the pack as it comes to being healthy. And then 2018, we were 25. And 2019, number 30. That tells me we were 27 or worse uh, in in health for every year since for the last seven years. Like that is, that's more than just (laughs) <laughs> you know oh it just seems like our guys are getting injured more no those are hard concrete numbers that guess what we lose a lot of guys to injury so i don't know Crazy. it just it, it just feels like it's a real thing for the charges that have to deal with
1: the curse it's official <laughs> well i think i, I think it, probably me and was fault because um you know other sports we support uh Sheffield Wednesday, who we are on minus twelve points in in the English soccer leagues, and so you think, oh, bit of negativity there. But that, unfortunately for us, the Clippers are one in the playoffs, and the Padres are the greatest team in baseball, signing every single star. So the Chargers had to have uh, had to balance that out, didn't they? So sorry, you and me was we, we're to blame. Jinxed. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Um, well, we've put the uh, the world to rights with the news, um, but now's the bit you're all tuning in for uh, the second part of our season preview we've done one to four uh the first four games of the regular season and we're on to games five to eight so that is the saints the jets the dolphins and take your pick is it the jaguars is it the jaguars is it the jaguars take your pick any any uh you know any go that team in turquoise um so come on guys where are we are i'm 2-2 from the first four games
0: uh, three
2: and one. <laughs> uh, I am two and two.
3: And I think I was three and one, uh, or two and two. One of those two options.
1: <laughs> we're quite positive out of our first set. You know, I know was actually wanted to be four and over. but didn't want to go mad. So he, he said, "Well, we're going to lose a close one to the to the Brady Buccaneers just to balance it out." No, get out. Um, so let's move on. So week five we head to oh actually i have not checked is it home or away guys it's, it's away
0: saints.
1: well that <laughs> that doubles down on something i'm going to come up with later so we start off away week five at the saints um some some little tidbits before i throw the floor open to you guys um i've discovered today that you know i've done my first draft a little bit early shout out to the uh, uh, a few new listeners we've got from Manchester Piccadilly train station crew. I'm going to win the league and I'm going to take your money off you. Um, but we <laughs> confidence. But we've we've just drafted and there's a frenzy of talk in the chat about should we trade for Kamara um, because he's holding out, but he might he's holding in. He might practice, but he wants a new contract. So, I went and looked at the Saints situation, and uh, maybe not that relevant to this season, but next season they're already 17 million over the cap um, and spending a ludicrous amount of money on people like uh, Taysom Hill and things like that. So, they're in a bit of a mess. Seems to me that this is a big win now team, that this is their big shot. You get that. I I thought the Chargers were in in that position, but I think the Saints are right at the end of their win window. Um, We go away, so what are your thoughts, guys?
0: This is a great matchup on the road, Monday Night Football in the Dome. Can the Chargers cause an upset? Well, we know how prolific the Saints are at home turf. They've won the NFC South Division three times in the bounce, winning each of their last two seasons with a 13-3 record. They had a disappointing end to last season, but can they bounce back? Let's see, Drew Brees in his twilight years. He's got a good supporting cast there, especially at wide outs. Michael Thomas is now supported by Emmanuel Sanders. It's going to be an interesting matchup with our secondary. I'm also interest, interested to see how Cesar Ruiz performs as centre guard, drafted this year. He's been proving his worth in training camp and he's going to bolster a good offensive line with Terran Armstead and Ryan Ramchick. Big question marks over Alvin Kamara. Will he get his deal? Will the the front office pay Kamara or will they move him on? It's going to be quite interesting to see how this one plays out. On the defence, Dennis Allen's into his fifth year. Let's see how he performs. Let's see how he gets that defence rolling. In 2019, the Saints ranked ranked third in the league in sacks, recording 51 takedowns and finished fourth in run defence at 91.3 yards rushing per game. We've got a great cast there sheldon rankings didn't start a game in 2019 he only had two sacks uh marcus davenport is emerging as one of the uh best pass rushers in the game six sacks in 2019 and then you've got cameron jordan absolute machine 40 plus sacks his last three seasons our offensive line is we have to contain those three guys because otherwise we're, we're in big trouble so, yeah, I think this is, a, this is a game that's going to have lots of interest. It should be a, a tight affair, but the Chargers are going to have to play out of their skin if we're to get anything from this one. Uh,
2: that's a great um, observation there. I think, you know, one thing I do want to focus on is that discussion about them at the Dome. I mean, they are, um, you know, known for that home field advantage, but... I don't know if you've ever been to the Superdome, and if you have not, I highly recommend it. It is a, it is an amazing experience. I mean, that place gets loud and it shakes. I mean, you can feel it shake. I was there shake. for
1: the uh, I was there for the Super Bowl when uh, it was Ravens, the Harbor Bowl. Mm. Uh, I won a ticket, so yeah, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, I, but I, honestly, go there for a Saints game, filled with nothing. I mean, it it is the, it is the opposite of a Chargers game at StubHub. It is. Everybody in gold and black. I mean, it is it is an amazing atmosphere. But guess what? They don't have that atmosphere this year. You know, I think part of what they've thrived on is, you know, at home is it gets loud. It gets noisy. They get the crowd behind them. The, the other team is kind of maybe intimidated by that. But guess what? They're not going to have that kind. Of, I mean, even if they get that thing to let's just say they can get to 25% capacity, 50% capacity, you know, which I don't think anyone's going to be – I don't think any team's going to be able to get that high. But if they do, it's still not going to be the same. It is not going to be the same. So they're not going to have that same kind of home field advantage, I think, that they've previously held. Uh, again, that's just an opinion. We'll have to see how it plays out. But I actually think that, that uh, this whole pandemic thing is going to be an advantage um, for the Chargers who are going to go into generally a very – tough atmosphere to play in. And it's kind of, kind of be mild in a sense. So I think that's a big boon for them. As far as the Camara thing, it goes, I it's posturing, right? He, he missed a couple games of practice. They, they, they reported it as unexcused, you know, the word is that they were negotiating. They were just a, a couple million off per year. Um, sounds like, you know, his, his team went into, you know, into stubborn mode and just said, look, we're not coming off our number. Saints didn't want to come off their numbers, So then they let it leak. Oh, we're, we're open to trading him, right? That's just, I mean, that's just a negotiation tactic. Just letting them know, look, you don't like it? We'll trade you to the damn Jaguars. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> um, uh, it, I, I just think that it is, that was just a, a ploy. He's back at practice today. He is, you know, it, he's not... He's not going anywhere. He's too important to that team, in my opinion, especially with uh, Breeze. This likely being his last year, um, and you know him coming off the books. You know, I, I just don't see them wanting to move forward <clears throat> without Kamara. But stranger things happen. I just I, I don't see him not playing in this game. So I I, I do think that offense is going to be a tough one to crack. I think their defense is you know maybe a little underrated. I think they play pretty tough. I think they play pretty fast. Um, you know, so I think they're going to be a real, um, a challenge, I think to, to the Chargers new look offense. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think if, if you really, if you really kind of go player to player in comparison, I think what's going to end up being like, um, the biggest issue is that they're going to end up having Drew Brees on one side and we're going to have Tyrod Taylor on the other side. And as much as I love Tyrod Taylor, Drew Brees, even at his age is still one of the top, you know five to quarterbacks in the league in my opinion i just think he's so good so so smart and i think when you've got michael thomas to throw to emmanuel sanders who again i i think again up there in years but i think he's still got something in the tank Traquan Smith, I think, is a really uh, underrated sophomore who who could take a step forward this year. Um, you know, you've got Jared Cook, who's a very dependable um, tight end threat for them, and then you know, you've got the Kamara and Latavius Murray combo. I think that offense is is ready to roll, and I, I just don't know if our defense is going to be able to keep them at a close enough number for our offense to keep up. So uh, that that does worry me. Um, so really, the the defense again, kind of kind of scares me um but ultimately it's the offense that's really going to be the scariest part for this uh for this matchup
3: so i've just posted a piece today on charleshotbolts.com uh of uh, how we match up against the saints based on saints fans opinions of their own team their biggest um pro for their team was the consistency they've got the stability which i don't think we can understate enough um, in that they've only really had two changes on offense this whole off season, and that's one of those is losing ted Ginn and replacing him with emmanuel sanders and the other is losing uh who was it uh, larry warford at guard who they cut in may and then he opted out for the season anyway um so i i think there's there's so much stability there that any team going up against that. It's, it's the same with the Chiefs. Any team going up against that kind of stability with a quarterback who knows his system is going to struggle um, at least to slow the offense. Um, I think the bigger problem is going to be our O-line um, trying to hold back Cam Jordan. He he had, what, 15 and a half sacks last year? Yeah. Um, theres They don't really have much in the way of depth that pass rush, pass rush after Cam Jordan. I mean, they've got... Um, what, what's the guy's name? They've got Marcus Davenport, as you mentioned, was um, but then not really much else. They've got Trey Hendrickson um, and some other people. Um, so I I think that Arrow Line's going to have enough trouble keeping back Cam Jordan, let alone Cam Jordan and someone else. Um, so I, as much as I want to be positive about this game, I, I'm struggling.
1: No, I, I I feel feel your pain scouting this team is scary I'm I, early before Derwin James went down I was so positive about the Chargers looking across the roster and thinking wow we're ready for a push and then you you go and peek at the Saints roster and you think "Geez, um I've had a look at all the rosters and that is my my favourite and I, I would definitely put them as favourite for the Super Bowl for me even above the Chiefs um because I think Mahomes is going to take a step back um and if was is correct be devastated by being swept by the charges to retire. Uh, But (laughs) you know, the the saints, the saints are scarily, scarily good. Um, Even with the sort of looming issues they have with Kamara, they've got Latavius Murray waiting in the wings. And I just focused on their skill positions. Um, I'm going to give away a bit of intel for anyone listening that's in a draft with me in fantasy, but why on earth Drew Drew Brees is so low in the rankings? Um, I picked him up this this past weekend really late. Um, I get he's old, I get he gets injured, but come on, guys, this is a Super Bowl-bound team with the best wide receiver in the sport, cracking type 10, brilliant second wide receiver, Kamara backed up by Latavius Murray, Um, They're scary good. They've got an amazing defence that they've invested in uh, by trading away first round picks, which at the time I thought was a stupid idea. I still do. Um, Was it for Marcus Davenport? It was, wasn't it? He went one spot above us um, that year and he hasn't really been particularly brilliant, but the rest of their defence is stacked um, and their O-line, as we mentioned, is great. This is a team that we should aspire to beat. But I'm a negative Nancy, so you'll see what I say uh, shortly. But I'm, I'm certainly not thinking we, we stack up quite to their level this year.
2: You know, I will say this: um, in, in the last couple seasons, um, in the games where the Saints have struggled, the biggest issue for them has been um, not being able to keep Drew Brees on his feet. So, if you can really get him out of his rhythm, and you know he doesn't, Michael Thomas is not a burner. He's got good speed, but he's not a burner and he kind of works to get open. And sometimes that can take a little bit of time, you know, or he's got to throw up a 50, 50 ball. So I think that, you know, if, if we are going to win, one of the keys to the game is going to be that pass rush. Can we get guys in Breeze face? Cause you know, much like rivers, <laughs> Breeze is not going to break one up to the outside and, and kill you for a 20 yard run. I mean, he might, I mean, depending on the defense we're in, but I mean, it just, it would be very rare. Um, so I just think that ultimately, if if, if the Chargers really are going to have a chance in this game, I think it's going to come out to, can the defense get in Breeze's face and cause him to make mistakes. Again, let's not forget he is on the shorter side. So you got a giant like Linval Joseph pushing his lineman back into him. It makes it hard for him to see who he's throwing to. So, you know, it, it, there is, there is an opportunity there. And with the secondary we have, you know, those can lead to picks. So I, uh, to me, again, I agree with you hundred percent. We don't stack up as well as I would like, but I do think where we do stack up, we stack up in the right places. So if that, if that's any consolation.
3: And we can't forget that they've got Taysom Hill as well. Like, if we manage to change something up and manage to knock Drew Brees off his game, there's there's no reason they don't just go, oh, let's throw Taysom Hill in here. Or if Alvin Kamara goes for some reason, let's throw Taysom Hill out there. Uh, Have
1: you seen his contract, Dan? So this is why I was looking into it, where they're 17 million over the cap for next year, because they paid Taysom Hill, who's a glorified gadget tight end backup QB, th- third behind Winston. If you ooh, don't know, that's debatable. His deal is worth 16 million. Yep. Uh, sorry, 21 million with 16
2: million guaranteed. Crazy. I I don't understand that like at nope. all.
3: He's like tenth <laughs> against their cap on their on their whole roster.
2: I mean, is is, Brute, is Breeze getting – is his contract getting carried over? Because I don't think he plays again, so maybe that's a cap relief they're expecting. I I don't know. I mean, they are – They've got to have something
1: up their sleeve, haven't they, John? Because it's mad. To,
2: to be honest, they've – it's actually been a story for them for the last, I don't know, five, six seasons. They've just been – they've been towing the line of the cap, just kind of – and they keep adding pieces and somehow making it work. So, I don't know. I mean, they'll figure it out. They're they're very good at this, to be honest. This is kind of what Hashtag they the with.
1: cap isn't real. If, <laughs> you go down that rabbit, if you go down that rabbit, Warren, you'll never
2: come back out.
0: <laughs> um, so, the Saints line up against uh, Tampa Bay at Las Vegas versus Green Bay at Detroit before playing us in week five. They then go into a bye in week six.
1: But the thing that scares me is that my number one ranked player for the Chargers uh, a couple of years ago was... Chauncey Gardner Johnson, safety. I thought he was um, such a dangerous player uh, out of Florida, and he's he's their fourth safety, their sec- their backup strong safety. Um, so you know they're, they're stacked. I want you. I, I want your uh, predictions. Um, let's let's do it now. We've talked about them. Win, lose, or draw.
0: Narrow loss.
2: <laughs>
1: narrow has to add narrow underneath. Which is back to back for you? Tampa Bay loss and straight straight to Saints, yep. putting you at three and two after the fifth game. Yes. John Ayers, uh,
2: I just I don't know. I, the Derwin James news has got me reeling. Um, <laughs> I I actually kind of agree with Walls here. I think it's a close one. I really do. I think it's a close one, uh, and I think it's a it's probably a close loss. You know, I just think, you know, if, if we're gonna win these close games, I think it's gonna be against, you know. The Gardner Minshew's of the world, it's you know, it's not going to be against Drew Brees, so uh, I'm I'm probably calling this one a close loss as well,
3: or it's I've gone for a uh not, not a blowout loss, but a double digit loss, um, but barely barely double digit loss, which would put me at wow. three and two.
2: Three and um, two. A close double digit we... loss. I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm close, like 10, by ten, then okay, yeah. Um, so you, you and Was are at three and two. John, you're at two and three. Um, I think this. I, I know I said that Herbert would start by week three. I'm going to backtrack and hope you don't notice. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I think this is a crucifixion. I think we go into the, the 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 dome. We get slaughtered. They light us up for forty odd points. We struggle and. Offense. Tyrone starts throwing down the field, which we know isn't his strength. Mike Williams is still out injured, so we haven't really got any wide receivers that can do it. Uh, we we score, I don't know, seven points, get smashed, and Herbert finishes the game. And then for the next game, he's our QB one.
0: I thought you were going to say that he finishes the game on, on a on a uh, medical cart <laughs> in the medical tent. So, readers, listeners, this is the man that said that Joey Bosa was leaving the franchise. <laughs>
1: Just keeping it real. I
0: don't know
2: yeah, that, that seems a little rich for my blood. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you're gonna throw your rookie quarterback in to the fire uh, during a blowout on Monday Night Football. So I don't know if that's exactly when you want him to make a debut. So I think no matter how bad I, I would say if they're getting blown out and, and Tyrod's looking that bad, I think you're more likely to see Easton Stick come out there for the fourth quarter to kill the clock, then, then you are Justin Herbert. That's just my personal opinion.
1: All oh, right, that's a good take. But no, Herbert's coming out. He's leading. He's winning the fourth quarter, but we've already, we're already too far behind by that point. Um, so I'm two and three. Um, so now we move on. Um, perhaps some relief, let's hope, the Jets. So we take a little cheeky look at the Jets, and my initial reaction, I don't know what you guys think, but my initial reaction when you hear we're playing the Jets is oh great, that's an easy win and then you remember that they're actually not as bad as they used to be Um, there's still no powerhouse when I've I've looked into them Um, and and Herndon is questionable Um, I don't think he's out but uh, he's picked up an injury Um, but they've got the likes of Jameson Crowder and Brashad Perriman Um, Sam Darnold's reasonable, he's certainly not uh, a Sanchez for, for the Jets anymore and they've got probably the best pure talented running back in the league in Le'Veon Bell interestingly backed up by Mr. Frank Gore who's chasing NFL records this year <laughs> but let's see let's see how he holds up um, but in terms of facing the Jets I, I, I think this is the perfect game to recover from the bruising we got in in New Orleans Herbert's our QB and I'm sticking with it he tests their below par um, cornerbacks Um he challenges himself, and actually he looks decent. And our team starts making progress, looking like we can control a game, looking like we're back on track, um, and we all calm down a bit because uh, um, you know we thought that perhaps the season was over. And we weren't the team we thought, but I think this is where we could prove that wrong. Uh, am I right? Am I right? Was
0: if we don't win this game, I'm doing the following podcast after week six with underpants on my head and pencils up my nostrils. Monty Python, uh, no. Blackadder. Anyway, we move on. Yes. Yeah, I mean this. <laughs> <laughs> Monty Python, the Jets. Oh, I, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, you said it already. Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore. Now, Sam Darnold, sixty-three sacks in two seasons. Yeah, they've they've, they've tried to address the offensive line with their one hundred and fifty-five picks in twenty twenty. Um. You know, nine picks, four undrafted free agents. This is a team that's on the rebuild. Now you can say all they want; they did they did well in the draft. However, just look at the just look at what's happening there. Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell. Now Levion Bell last season had arguably his worst season ever. In fact, he did. Um, Seven hundred eighty-nine yards, three touchdowns. His worst season since two thousand and fifteen, when he only played six games for the Steelers. 3.2 yards per carry. Reading online, is some of the experts project that uh, Bell will be around the 800 mark again this year. As Sam Darnold got the chemistry with the uh, wideouts, well, you know, Dowell Loggins has got a, a lot of work to do there. In 2019, they were ranked 31st in the league uh, total yards against. They okay, struggled against a passing game. The only positive from last season... They, um, obviously, apart from winning a few games, they were strong against the rush. But that's about all the positives I've got for the Jets' um, defense. Jordan Jenkins and Jamal Adams combined for fourteen sacks in twenty nineteen. Well, guess what? There's no more Jamal Adams. Yeah, so that that's a big part of their pass rush. Just basically moved on to another franchise. Offensive tackle, Mekhi Becton from Louisville. Uh, the second round pick, uh, Denzel Mims of Baylor. Uh, they look like they, they could be pretty effective, but I don't see how the the, the Jets um, even compete in this league, in, in that division. I really don't. Um, you know, Adam Gaze. <sighs> I'll tell you now. Bold prediction: This will be gaze's last season as a as the uh, head coach at the Jets. I just I just don't see how this this team are going to compete in twenty twenty. Yeah, they're building for the future, but we're talking about right here, right now. Um, I don't expect from much from Sam Donald. I don't expect much from Le'Veon Bell. Um, let's see if they make a few plays on special teams. But hey, I've I've said enough about the Jets. Let's move on.
2: <laughs> wow. All right then. My question is, do you have more to say about the Jets than you do about the Jaguars? That'll be my question. So we'll, I'll right. keep track. I'll keep track. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going to start where you picked up, or where you, where you left off, and that is Adam Gase. He, to me, is one of those coaches that you just don't understand how he keeps getting a job. Okay, right, and I'm going to go on a slight tangent here. I know that's shocking for me. But uh, to me, Adam Gase is the Jimmy Fallon of coaching. Why do I say that? Jimmy Fallon is awful. <laughs> he is awful. If you ever watched him on SNL, the dude yes. if he could go 30 seconds into any any skit without completely breaking character and cracking up and like laughing so hard he can't even get his lines out, that would be amazing if he could go that long. He was so bad. And yet what did he do? He got movie deals. and what did he do with his movie deal? He made this awful just horrible movie with Queen Latifah called Taxi something or other, right? Just it's just about like some really badass taxi that rides around you I, I don't know. It was bad. All right, that's all you need to know. It was an awful awful movie. So you're thinking, okay, well, he's been he's been crap on SNL. He's been crap in the movies. I mean, this has got to be it for Jamie Fallon, right? Nope. He gets he gets to do a late show. Like what? Like, how, how – he's just so bad at everything he does, and he just keeps moving up. And there's also, by the way, rumors about him being a little bit of a, of a, of a drinker, if you know what I mean, a little bit too loose on that. But apparently he's fine. So, <laughs> again, this is a roundabout way of me saying I Adam Gase is not a good football coach. He is not. Everywhere he has gone, he has been poor. The only time he was any good is when he had Peyton Manning. So, I mean – it, I mean was he any good as an offensive coordinator or did he just have Peyton Manning doing everything for him? I don't know. So I'm just not a big Adam Gase fan and uh, you know he talks about the offense and and, change, and you know he wants to he wants to get a better tempo and, and be more modern in the NFL. He has run statistically at least two to three plays less per game than any other team in the league over the last couple of years. So even if they do increase the tempo, they're still going to have less offensive plays run. Why is that? He's not good. His system is not good. Everyone who's played under him has played poorly. Everyone who has got out from under him, Ryan Tannehill, uh, uh, the guy, uh, the, uh, he's escaping, the running back in Kenyon Drake. Yeah. Um, anybody who has gone out from under Adam Gase's team uh, freaking thumb has become apparently a good NFL player again under in in a different system. So I just, I, I I think to me, it all starts and ends with the fact that Adam Gase is an awful football coach. And I like the players on the jets. I actually think they have a really good um, roster. I think Sam Darnold is, I mean, I'm a USC guy. So maybe I'm a little biased, but I think he's a good quarterback. I just think he's gotten screwed. He had the mono last year from making out with his high school sweetheart or whatever. I don't know how he got that, but, he uh, he's just he hasn't had a chance to really develop. And when you're developing under Adam Gase, of course it's not going to go well. I mean, he's just people forget he's younger than Joe Burrow, so let's let's not let's not forget about the fact he's been in the league for a couple of years. and He's still younger than Joe Burrow, who just came out of college. So this kid has plenty of potential, but he's with Adam Gase. Le'Veon Bell, one of my favorite running backs. I mean, I love to watch him run uh, in Pittsburgh. Just such a good all-around player had some issues got his contract with the Jets and has since then been basically just screwed the entire time they've just gotten poor blocking poor offensive scheme calling the the passing offense has been so bad the teams are just like well we know you're gonna run it so just run into a wall of you know 10 guys so it's just I, offensively they're bad defensively they're pretty good I, I can't say too much about the defense they're not like awful like worse in the league they're not best in the league they're yeah they're average But at the end of the day, I I don't think they pose much of a problem. I think that the defense will feast on them. I think after probably, you know, uh, giving up quite a bit of yards and probably quite a few points to the Saints the week before, the the Jets are a good team to be playing in this week. Um, And I think the offense will get rolling again, too. I I just don't – I think the offense should have a pretty easy day against them. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you who I think wins, but I think that's a pretty obvious take at this point.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I – I've got the I've got the Jets roster in front of me right now and I can't say there's a single player there that's giving me any concern other than Sam Darnold. I, I think I I'd like Le'Veon Bell to be the Le'Veon Bell of old, but again, it's it's Adam Gase. It's crazy eyed Adam Gase Um and I, I just don't see I don't see this Jets team going anywhere this year. Um although they do have the Kafusi brothers. Uh, on their D line at the moment, Bronson and Corbin. Um, but yeah, there's. I don't think there's a lot to say about the Jets here. It's. It's just like, who who do they even have? Like they're, they're receivers. Let's have a look at their receivers. They've got Jameson Crowder, Chris Hogan, Dante Moncrief, Rashard Perryman. They're just guys. Um, that may be a bit harsh on some of them, but. Uh, Their they're O-line, they signed Greg Van Roten at guard from the Panthers, who was a bit of a disappointment on a poor Panthers O-line last year. So, I don't know. I I, I don't have much faith in them.
1: Well, it looks like you've all ripped well, the Jets to utter shreds. Well,
0: basically, one, one other thing, Jets uh, schedule before they play us, okay? At Buffalo... Versus San Francisco at Indianapolis, versus Denver, versus Arizona, <laughs> they could quite easily be uh, zero and five or or one oh, and four yeah. going, oh, yeah. going into our game. You know, <laughs> come on! I mean, this is this is time for Chargers to put up some big points against the uh,
2: New York Jets. I think I, I think a better take on Gase is the fact that you know you say oh. He's not going to be the coach at the end of the season. I, he may not be the coach at the end of this Chargers game. <laughs> hey, if on, they blow them out, John. It,
0: John, stop it, right there. Yeah, stop right there. Who was the Who was the player that basically walked out at halftime a few seasons ago?
1: Oh, oh, was it the cornerback?
0: Yes, you just took the words right out of my mouth, John. Adam Gaze. I'm going to do Vontae a Pez, Davis. Uh, Vontae Davis. Oh, Vontae, I'm, I'm yeah. going to do. I'm going to do a Bez the Spaniards special here bold take Adam Gage is walking out of the building at halftime <laughs> yes. yeah. well,
2: I don't know they might, they might varsity blues us where the well, coach leaves at halftime and then you know the players coach themselves and they win yeah. so no
0: we're, we're no, seriously um, not being disrespectful to the Jets are we but we should seriously put some big points on these dudes so saying, you're, you're saying win I'm not saying a 50 gonna, we, should, we should win by at least three, three or four scores <laughs>
1: Was moved to four and two. I'm guessing,
2: John. Yes. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty close. To be honest, like huh? I think if if I had to put money on it, I think within the first two minutes of the game, it's going to be close. And then after that, <laughs> <laughs> then after that, we run away with it. Uh, I just don't see them losing to this team. I think I think this team is strong mentally, and I think Lynn is a motivator, and I think this team's good enough that you know I think. Starting off two and three, they've had some up and down games. I think they, besides the Saints game, I think they've been in every game. I think they're hungry for a big win, and I could see them just taking out their frustrations on the Jets, and just driving, running up <laughs> the score, and just showing everybody that they can, you know, play defense and they can score. This could be a, uh, this could be similar to that Buffalo game a few years back when, um, when Nathan Peterman came out, because uh, I, you know, I think with this defense, I think you could definitely have uh, Sam Darnold uh, seeing ghosts out there. Uh, so it just it it could it could get ugly pretty fast Um, I think the Chargers easily win this one probably by I I mean it it guess depends on how much they want to stay on the throttle how much before they decide and to be honest this might be a hot take here we might get to see Austin stick for two games in a row so uh, (laughs) he might he might have mop-up duty on this game as well
1: (laughs) Um, Uh, safety yeah
2: yeah, as a safety, yes, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just I, I think this is probably like an easy 17 point win by the end of it. I don't think I think the the Chargers probably are leading this thing from from whistle to whistle. I don't really think they give us much. And I, honestly, I think at 0 and 6, especially if they get routed by the Chargers, uh, I think there's a real chance this could be Adam Gates' last game in New York, especially heading into Buffalo uh, or, or having Buffalo. They have, by the way, after. Those games, after the Jets play us, and they could potentially be 0-6, they've got to play Buffalo, the Chiefs, (laughs) and and then the Patriots, who for some reason will probably still be good because, you know, the latest news that I just saw is that um, the Patriots, who just signed Cam Newton for pennies, um, are potentially interested in bringing in Leonard Fournette. So, you know, that's a typical Patriots thing to do. They lose Tom Brady, but uh, let's just sign Cam Newton and Leonard Fournette for pennies. Because, you know, Patriots. (laughs)
3: I unsurprisingly have us winning this game twenty seven ten is what I've gone with. Um and I think that ten involves a defensive score. Um I just I, I can't see it any other way. That puts me at four and two.
1: It certainly does. Well I think This is a bit of a different game. We're all doom and gloom because I think the Jets run us. This is the kind of game we've got injuries. Linvald Joseph isn't playing. Mike Williams is knocked up. So they run the ball straight at us and they get up 14-0. Then there's a turnover from the new QB1, Justin Herbert, and we are all depressed. But then they get their acting gear. They move the ball down the field. Justin Herbert challenges himself, challenges their secondary and wins the game by three points with a money badger kick at the end. And we leave with, you know, three and three. That's where I am. Right, guys. So we're was four and two. Daniel four and two. John and I are three and three. Um, and we head to the Dolphins game. I think this is one of the games I am most excited about. We, we head over to the Hard Rock Stadium. We're expecting... Um, unless you guys decide to change your minds, Tua to be their QB. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick, some of you might think. Maybe Josh Rosen is the new Messiah. But now I'm saying that Tua might be QB. Was Dolphins away. Defeat or win? Save that for later. How's the game going to go?
0: This is really interesting. So, Dolphins and the team on the rise or a team in transition, they had even more draft picks than the uh, Jets. 11 draft picks, 5 undrafted free agents brian flores is under a bit of pressure here i think that the dolphins finish the last or they they, they close out uh, 2019 uh in, in fairly good uh, uh form uh flores is starting to get his act together and, and trying to shape the team um as he wants it whether it's going to be enough to make an impact um in the in the uh in their division i don't know Five and eleven, same record as us in 2019. If you remember our week four victory, 30-10. I watched that film back uh, the other day, and the the Dolphins didn't really offer a lot. I know things have changed, uh, but this is a this is a team that are there for the taking. Tua, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. I think most people are great talent. Questions over his fitness. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how he holds up going into this game. The, the, Dippy hip. Yeah, the, this this. I'm going to move away from the players slightly on on the uh, Dolphins. I'm going to look at the offensive and uh, defense co- uh, coordinator. So Chan Galey. massive amounts of experience. Okay? It's his um, second stint with the the team. Um, he's been with the Broncos, the Steelers, the Chiefs, coach the Cowboys and Buffalo. An interesting stat, when he was the head coach of the Cowboys in 98 to 90 uh, sorry 98 to 99, he's the only head coach in history to uh, make the playoffs in all the seasons in charge he's basically he's a veteran um, he knows his football and it's going to be interesting to see how he um, integrates uh, Tua into the pro game It's going. To, I think it's going to be an interesting combination there uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams two to watch at wide out if you remember last season um, Parker scored the opening touchdown um, he, he ran away from us and we, we didn't get anywhere near him so Miami they've got a, they've got a lot to prove how they uh, make that transition with all these inexperienced players is going to be quite interesting. Uh, the coaches have got their hands full. On the other side of the football as well, Josh Boyer, he's got a bit of a habit of um, coaching players to go on to do better things. Um, he developed five different Pro Bowl uh, selections in, in uh, well, while well, he was at the uh, Patriots. So, you know, as he got the uh, skilled players there that, that can go on and either make an impact for, for Miami or be um, an asset where they can trade uh, and, and reinvest through the uh, uh, draft selection. So, I'm, I'm interested to see how those two coaches perform. Um, also, as well, look out for Nick Needham, an undrafted rookie who finished the season last uh, year among all NFL rookies with 11 passes defended. So... He's got something about him. He'll be all over the the back of the field, obviously trying to make plays and and force turnovers. Um, And then you've got Jason Stroubridge. He sort of stands out from the draft. 123 tackles and and 10.5 sacks while he was was at college football with North Carolina. So Miami are an interesting one for me. I don't think they're as weak um, as the Jets. I think they've got more of a chance. But just questions over the the numbers of, of... Inexperienced players on their roster, obviously not finalised at this point, but it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out for them in, in 2020. And then I think the the biggest disappointment for for, for many of the uh, Dolphins fans is Raekwon McMillan moving to Raiders. Um, obviously, Mr. Gruden. Hide his man, and he's, he's bolstered the D with the, the signature of, of that player. So a few changes there. And I, th- I think Miami as well uh, picked up quite a few injuries during training camp. So let's see how that one goes. But yeah, um, potential to cause a few upsets.
2: Well, um, I think much like the Jets, I think the first thing I'm going to look at is the offense. And I think I think if you're if you're talking about the offense, you know you have to you have to start with the quarterback. And I think looking at the quarterback situation here, it's not going to be Tua, it's going to be Fitzpatrick. I mean, maybe maybe by this game, they've given up on Fitz Magic and they've they've let Doug, oh Gibby get out there. But I just don't I, I I have all indications from what I'm seeing from training camp. Um, you know, gossip and, and all that stuff is that Fitzpatrick has done a good job, uh, Tua has struggled a little bit, um, and that they're confident in, in Fitzpatrick. And to be honest, they have a ton of draft capital in this upcoming draft, so it doesn't necessarily behoove them to be any good this year. Like, what what's the point? I mean, you're still rebuilding. A lot of the roster is going to end up being rookies being forced to start because they have either let a bunch of veterans walk away or they just we're not very good last year. So I think that you're going to see a team who is going to have a lot of rookies on their starting roster. And that's not going to a good thing this year because they don't have preseason. They don't have, you know, a regular training camp. And I think it's really going to hurt them. I think of all the teams you talk about, you know, the saints having that continuity, the dolphins do not have that continuity. They, they, they did add some nice pieces, Kyle Vinoy, Shaq Lawson on the defense. And so the defense is kind of formidable at this point, but You know, they're not going to have worked with each other. They're not going to have worked in the scheme. You know, these are guys who came in as hybrid defensive end linebacker type guys. And so you're going to have to figure out how to get them into the scheme and how everybody has to adjust. Because when someone comes into a scheme and they don't play a role traditionally, everybody else has to be able to kind of react and understand their role with that. So now you're trying to ask a team who's going to be, you know, either underperforming veterans or brand new rookies to try to learn the scheme around these kind of hybrid guys who just got brought in, it's going to be a lot of miscues, a lot of kind of figuring things out on the fly. Just to me, I think the dolphins are another team that are, you know, in that top five pick conversation by the end of the year. Um, I don't think they rushed to at all. I think they invested in him. I think they, they want to keep him safe. I think that, you know, I, I would be hard pressed to put any money on seeing Tua before any point uh the halfway point you know I just it doesn't make any sense to me I think you roll with what you have out there Devontae Parker yes he was a good story finally kind of breaking out but he's got some injury issues right now so you know you know and now you've got Preston Williams I don't know their running back situation is Jordan Howard and Matt Breida they're fine I guess. Again, there's nothing on the offensive side that scares me. There are a few pieces on the defensive side that are pretty solid, but again, I think the lack of continuity um, is really going to hurt them. And I think they're maybe by this point in the season they'll have figured out how to play with each other, but I don't know. Without a preseason, it's really hard to say what these guys are going to look like out there. So I just don't. I just think there's too much turnover, too many things going on them, and there's no expectation for them to win. So you know. What do they care? <laughs> like, they're playing to kind of, again, to the long game. And I think the long game for them means being good next season for the first time. So I, I, I don't see them really being a threat on either side of the ball. Um, you know, if you look at just kind of some of these preseason rankings, I think PFF has them, um, you know, offensively ahead of the Jets, obviously, who are the worst. Um, but at number 30, as far as offense goes in the league, so that's not exactly a, a number that inspires confidence. So I just I just don't think that this team is ready to contend at all in any shape or form. So I think this is, is probably a, kind of a, a back-to-back kind of nice reprieve uh, for having to play the um, teams like uh, from the NFC South that we've had to play previously, so...
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Um, almost a hundred percent. I I think it'll be a Fitzpatrick-led roster that we see. Um, I don't think they'll be rushing to a, in knowing that they don't really stand much of a chance. This is still a development. This is still a work in progress. I, I'm quite high on Brian Flores, but uh, I think he's got a tough year ahead of him. Um, they have added some good players, or they've they have added some players um in howards and brader at running back i mean they've got that whole situation with calen bellage at the moment where they've tried to trade him and then he's failed a physical and now he's kind of just in limbo um it's 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 an interesting situation but um i, I say they certainly pose more threats than the jets um but i can't see them being a team that wins more than five games this year um and I don't think this is probably one of them, but that may be tipping my hand a bit too early. Yeah,
2: you I like know, that take. That's a good. Uh, I like your point about the the cornerbacks. I mean, you, we talk about you know where this team has holes. I think cornerback is one where they're not really. They don't have a lot of holes. You know, they've got was it By- Byron Jones is was a really solid addition. They've got uh, Xavier it's Howard. Xavier Howard, who yeah. Look, yeah, he mm-hmm. looks good. I mean, he's kind of that. You know, he's a little inconsistent. Um, I, because sometimes you see him make some real boneheaded plays out there, but on the, on the overall hole, I feel like he's a pretty, he's a pretty good, um, cornerback out there. And then you've got, they, they drafted a guy I, I really liked and hope the Chargers had might, might've gone in on and that Noah, Ignib, uh, Igbenowen, Igbenowen, no- I- Noah. So Noah. Anyways, uh, really, we're not doing very well with names tonight. We are just struggling. It is. It is not good. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, no. He, uh, you know, he was in the second or third round, I believe. Uh, anyways, yeah, I think it was the third. He was just a a, a solid pickup for them. So they've got a really good um, set of cornerbacks. And again, like I said, they have those those pass rushers who are who can I think cause some problems. But I think. The rest of the defense has a hole up the middle, and I think that you know the Chargers have a, d- a good opportunity with their run game to really expose the rest of that um, defense. The, so the,
0: the Dolphins as well could could quite easily be one of five entering this game uh, at New England versus Buffalo at Jacksonville versus Seattle at San Francisco at Denver Oof. versus the Bolts. So yeah, I that's tough. Go back to Dan's <laughs> point. I have I have the Dolphins winning. Uh, probably four games in their schedule, two against the Jets, <laughs> uh, Jacksonville, and they're also playing the Bengals.
3: Just to add, you know, you know sorry they're just to jump in and add on Noah Igbenohin. Um he was actually a first round pick, John. Uh, I think it's just they had so many picks
2: that yeah, they did.
3: He, he seemed like <laughs> a third round pick, but they got him at the end of the first.
2: Uh, he, he was at the end of the first. Yeah. So I thought it was the second or third. I thought it was later than that, but I guess to your point, they've They've drafted five guys ahead of them because they had so many picks. I guess I just smelt <laughs> like it was later. So.
1: Yeah, it did. Well, the thing is with this this Dolphins team, and, and this shout-out goes to one of our listeners, Dave, who, who wanted a few words about the Dolphins. Um, and we talk sometimes uh, about this, so he'll, he'll be familiar. But they are a dumpster fire of an organisation. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to back it up. I really am. You know Brady's coming to the end of his time And that once he goes, that is your opportunity to finally flourish and come out of the shadow of the Patriots and challenge for the division. So what do you do? You should be rebuilding ready for that moment. And yet you look at their organisation. They've just signed Tua, the future of their franchise with his gippy hip and all. No O-line. A disgraceful, awful O-line that is the worst it could be for a player like Tua that has potential injury concerns there. You have journeymen running backs. You have no-name wide receivers. Beyond, you know, Devontae Parker has burned me too many times in fantasy to me to ever think he's going to be reliable. Um, you look at the defence. I get they have pieces. But what are you doing as an organisation? You had Minka Fitzpatrick on a rookie contract, extraordinarily talented. And you trade him away to the Steelers. But then you sign Byron Jones to a big contract. You go all in and get Shaq Lawson and you back him up with Emmanuel Ogber out of the Browns and and you have pieces that you sort of think, ah, that's a team that might be able to do something on defence. Are you rebuilding? Or are you creating a team to win now? Are you protecting your quarterback? Or are you focusing on what are you doing, Dolphins? You are, for me, going to have the first pick of the next season. uh, The next NFL draft. Disgrace of an organisation who have... If I was their fan... I would be livid that they are in the situation they're in now. It's it's unacceptable. <laughs> Was that strong enough?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> um, so come on, come on. nail nail to the coffin. We, we, we all seem to be in the same boat. Was victory for the bolts?
0: Uh, yeah, narrow, fourteen point victory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Five and two.
0: Five and two.
1: John.
2: Ooh. I like that five and two call that's pretty bold um i yeah again i think much like the jets i think we run over this team i don't think that they are anywhere near what they need to be i think they are going to score some points i think they'll score more points than the jets because they do have some talent and fitzpatrick is good at anything it's heaving the ball downfield uh and getting and getting big plays to happen and you know lord knows this defense can give up some big plays so I, i do think that um they're gonna score more points but ultimately I don't think that they're going to be able to stop the defense, and I think the defense is going to score because of Fitzpatrick as well. Uh, he may be one of those Jameis Winston things where he throws two touchdowns, but then throws two pick sixes as well. So I see us winning this probably by another 17 points again. It just doesn't feel like this is going to be much of a contest. A third straight fourth quarter mop-up job for Easton Stick to get that those reps in.
3: I've got us um, winning by 11, um, but we've got to take into account this is in Miami, this one, so we are West Coast traveling east, but st- still, it, it's going to be a win, isn't it? We well, hopefully, it's going to be a win. So that puts okay, me at I'll it two. up
1: for a win. It does as well. All right, I'm um, I'm at a loss, and the Dolphins. No, I am not at a do- loss. of the Dolphins win. <laughs> <laughs> um, we win this. This is our big statement game, coming off that nasty defeat to the Saints. Um, a recovery win at the, to the Jets, and we absolutely smashed the Dolphins. Herbert versus Tua. I know you all disagree with that, but that's what I'm saying. This is the this is the rookie bowl. That we win and um, ball, like a big, yeah, the rookie, and we we send a statement, and I'm four and three, same as John Ayres. Um That takes us to game eight, halfway through the season, which is against the Jaguars, the Jaguars. Um, this is an interesting one for me. It's, it, I like Gardner Minshew. I have a soft spot for him. I do. I do. I have a soft spot for him. Um, and this is this is a bit of an oddity. It's one of these games where um, I don't know if you remember. Was it was it Jaleel Adai who intercepted? Uh, he got a fourth quarter pick. Inside the two-minute warning, started celebrating, didn't get out of bounds. We went, we, we tur- <laughs> we went three and out, and the, the Jaguars beat us. So this is this team that has this sting in the tail, um, and I'm, I'm potentially worried. Uh, Was are you worried, or are you... Uh-
0: sting in the tail? Right, I'll tell you something right now. <laughs> I've, this team are going 0-16. You, you you're talking poor, about you're poor talking Florida. about a poor Florida. Dump, don't hold talking, back there man do not you're hold talking back. about a dumpster of a franchise this is it right here okay
2: <laughs>
1: we're gonna get death threats <laughs> I from I my in Florida right
2: now.
0: But, I mean, 12 picks everything here points to youth and inexperience even more so than uh the Finns. yeah i try to stay positive here um Josiah Scott, he had six picks for Michigan State. and Colin Johnson's been catching everything in training camp, but he's not going up against a live secondary like the Chargers, who's going to absolutely destroy him. Leonard fanette has gone. I mean, 2,631 yards and, and, and around 17 touchdowns over the last few years. Where are those numbers coming from? They're not. This is a dumpster of a uh, franchise. Yannick Ngoku has gone. Adios. He's moved on. Um, I, I just don't. I just don't see where where the, where this franchise is going. They're, they're just hell bent on training trading players for picks. Um, I, I just really struggle. I've tried to find as many positives as I can about the Jaguars, the Jags, the Jaguars, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, defensive tackle Timmy uh, Journey gun, He stands out, but they they sixteen. Let me just look at their schedule. Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Bengals, uh, Texans, Lions. They've got a bye week and then they play us. Um, <clears throat> arguably, they might they might do something there against the Bengals. They shouldn't get anything from the Miami. Um, they could be coming into this game with one win. I, I really, um, at best, but I, I've said a, a bold statement, they'll, they'll finish 0-16. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what's going on. I really don't. I can't say anything positive about this uh, franchise. Badly run organization, in my opinion.
2: Well, Over to you, John. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess there's nowhere to go but up from here. I guess anything I say is going to sound like I like the team. Uh, I love Gardner Vinshew. I have to say that. I'm a huge fan. Yes. Uh, not as a quarterback, just as a personality. Um, quarterback wise, he's just a guy. I don't, he's fine. He's, you know, he honestly, he reminds me of Nick Foles, like maybe, maybe a better Nick Foles. Cause he, he, he's more dynamic. I don't know, but still he's a Nick Foles type guy. I don't think he's someone you want running your team a full year, but if he's coming in to do kind of cleanup duty, I think he can do some fun things. Um, you know, he, he doesn't strike me as a, a particularly cerebral quarterback. He doesn't strike me as particularly, uh, a, you know, he doesn't have a ton of arm talent, per se. Um, he he can move, but he's not necessarily the best, uh, you know, the most agile person back there. He's just kind of, he's just kind of a, a guy, right? So that doesn't scare me. Um, they're starting running back who is Raekel Armstead, I guess now. I guess he's the new starting run back. He he was the backup to Fournette. He started when Fournette was uh, out with some injuries last year. So I, he's the next man up for them. Um, they've got they brought in um, Chris Thompson from Washington to be the cast, uh, pass catching back. That's not a bad player. I actually like Chris Thompson a lot. Uh, you know, for the five games he plays every season before he goes down with injuries. So again, he probably won't even be available by the time uh, the Chargers come into town. I just. I I agree with Waz. It's really hard for me to kind of look at this roster and really find anything exciting about it. I mean, I think I saw some sort of uh, stat the other day online. I forget who posted it, but it was like listing out all the first-round picks over the last like 10 years, and not a single one of them is on the team. They've either been traded away for picks because they're so bad. They've requested the trade because they didn't want to play there anymore. I (laughs) I mean, their best defensive player... Took a pay cut to leave. He got less money in Minnesota than he was gonna make in Jacksonville because he just didn't want to play there anymore. That's that says something. I mean, this team is just, it is I mean, dumpster fire is not a harsh enough description for this team. I I don't know if they win any games this year. Maybe they luck into some games. I don't know. They're the type of bad franchise, though, that wins like two games, one against against the other team in the league who only has one win and ends up with the second pick overall. Like, they're that bad of a team that they actually end up winning when they shouldn't be winning. Like, that's the kind of team they are. But I just.
0: Talk talk about head coaches, John. Doug Marone, I've read somewhere online, he said that um, the reason why they moved uh, Fanette. Uh, on was they didn't see enough from training camp. I mean, that's one of the you know if the guy's uh, continuously um, broken protocol or you know um, he's banned substances etc. Just a, he's just a bad all-round guy. I could understand that, but but the actual rationale behind it, their official statement, we just didn't see enough from him. That's, that is absolutely lame, in my opinion. It's, and like you said, people wanted to leave that franchise. It's just reminiscence of the of the Dolphins five, six years ago with, with the bullying allegations. There's mm-hmm. something seriously wrong with with, with that organization. Um, oh, what, what can you say? It's
2: I mean, they are tanking for Trevor. That's, that's what they're doing. They are tanking <laughs> to get that number one pick, getting Trevor Lawrence. I even saw an article that there are some rumors that um, they're going to try to tank to get the number one overall pick and get Trevor Lawrence and then try to get his uh, coach, Dabo Sweeney, to come and coach the team. So, well, I, I mean, you, I tell you what, which NFL wouldn't surprise me because Marone's awful.
0: The NFL should put a stop to this because if, if, if teams are deemed to not be putting the effort in, to say, well, you know what, as a punishment, you're not having the, the first overall pick.
2: I mean there's that, something that to be said there's that. something to be said about the about the the draft lottery that the NFL, uh, NBA and NHL do where you you know you're not guaranteed the number 1 pick you're Guaranteed like a top three pick or something if you're yep. the worst team, yep. but you're not guaranteed number one overall. So, yep. I mean, I'm there's something to be that. said about the lottery. Uh, I mean, we maybe they maybe they move to a point system like they do in the Premier League and you know give give them a penalty of minus twelve if they're not competing. You know, I mean, I don't know how bad they are if they should get penalized like that because only the worst of the worst get penalized twelve points to start a league, a league year, but.
1: You know, Ooh, low blow. <laughs>
2: Ooh, that's that shocking John. I mean, the,
1: the thing is,
0: I... people pay good money to watch this sport. It's a fantastic sport. Yeah. And fans deserve, you know, whether whether you you like a team or not, fans deserve to watch good football, not watch people running out of the field just to basically blow a game out, and then uh, hopefully going to get a, 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 a you know a first overall draft pick. It, it needs to stop.
3: I think yeah, the the blame here um maybe lies on shad khan um i like the guy as a personality but he's it feels like he's paying attention to fulham tony khan's paying attention to all elite wrestling and they've somehow let doug marone and uh, is it dave Coldwell just still be yeah. employed um it's just it's bizarre um i am I'm, I'm fairly low on the jags i think they've they've got a chance to have some players actually play well i mean they've got miles jack who's been promised to be talented um for years now uh, he hasn't really shown it but he's been promised um um there's still time maybe um they've got Josh Lambeau <laughs> that guy can kick it but that, that's about it <laughs> don't
1: remind me it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the, I always refer to them as the uh, the London Fog because I think they're going to move over here at some point. <laughs> <London> uh, <laughs> and we'll need to rename them. Um, so, you know, brace yourself. This might be your second team in a few years' time. No, it won't. But I, <laughs> no, they won't. No, it won't. <laughs> With the confidence of his water drinking. I like it. Um, but I just find it ridiculous because every year they seem to pick up in the draft a player that I adore and ruin them. Or just lose control of them. It's just a shoddy franchise. I echo your thoughts. Let's just go through this list, right? Justin Blackman, extraordinarily talented, but has a little bit of a problem. Um, and flaked out the league. Talent goes with him. They te- then t- Luke Jokel falls to them to the second pick, who I thought was better than Eric Fisher at the time. He's retired. They then get Blake Bortles, but they they get Dante Fowler Jr., who I loved coming out of Florida. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. I love the guy at cornerback. Um, They then get Leonard Fournette, um, Josh Allen in 2019. And where are they now? They've still got Miles Jack, as you've brought up, Dan, who I love as well. And they get all these amazing names from high draft picks and completely do nothing with them, lose them, ruin them. What are they doing? It feels like to me they're very much recycling old and failed prospects um, just to be in the league and make a bit of money, but never challenge. I mean, DJ Hayden fails at the Raiders, so you bring him in to be your number one cornerback. Um, I just don't get what they're doing. I don't understand it. And if we don't win this, we've got the run of the Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars. If, uh, is it P- PFF said we were going to be the num- Chargers, we're going to be the number one pick? Next year, yeah, if right. we lose these these three games or some of these games, we will be because my God, these are awful organizations, yeah. and you should walk in and stomp on them and set set the tone.
0: I mean, you missed the name off that list, Alan Robinson. He had a, he had a great uh, yeah. second season there with, with the Jags. Then it looked like he was regressing, and he's, he had a great season with the Bears in 2019. Um, I just don't know what's going on with that franchise. It's like what Dan said about moving to London. It's like they've got they've got a fo- they've got half an eye on on moving to London operations over there, and then you know some of their attentions on the NFL, and then some of their attentions on the next year's mm. draft pick. They've got no they've got no direction. Uh, they don't seem to have a strategy for what they actually want to do. they they're, tr- they're trying to cover all bases, and it's not working.
1: So I assume. I don't need to go around the table on this one. We all think we're going to destroy the Jaguars.
0: Shut yeah. out, I'm telling you now. <laughs> oh
1: all my right. goodness.
2: Uh, <clears throat> I I might be on the shutout board. I think this might be our defense's uh, big statement game of all the games. This could be it. I think there could be. <laughs> I think there could be defensive uh, scores, offensive scores. I I, pretty much I think everybody scores at this point. (laughs) Um, And, you know, to be honest, this this could be this could set a record and this could set a bad precedent in the league, to be honest. But this could be the third straight head coach fired after losing to the Chargers. (laughs) Wow, like you could, like I love it. That, given given that given the given the Hot what take. these teams might be looking at by the time the Chargers come into town. I mean, like you said, these teams have a tough road ahead of them. Like they've got some tough games before the Chargers come into town. They could be beat up. They could be pissed off at each other. You know, the locker rooms could be a mess and a beat down by the Chargers, who are not Agreed. viewed as a powerhouse team um, in the league right now. But a beat down by the Chargers could easily easily set set these teams to be like you know what gone you're out
3: of here and then so, we get to see it again I, the next week with the raiders
1: oh <laughs> look at you tipping the hat on the next whoa, one whoa 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 let's settle <laughs>
2: let's settle down here so we've got
1: was your was you're at six and two confident yeah. dan you're also at Correct. six and two i love it john you and i are at five and three which i think is also quite bold but we're all positive the derwin james uh injury couldn't have come in a better week in terms of our predictions because <laughs> i don't think it would have affected any no. of them no no, um, no 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 but we're entering halfway through the season in a in a confident place a good place um, you listeners are going to have to wait till the uh, the next uh, preview um, to see where we go for the rest of the season with 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 two nu- more episodes of four four game reviews um, guys i have some news before we wrap up for the evening um the Patriots have, in the last five minutes, cut Mohamed Sanu, who they used a second-round pick to uh, to pick up. Um, thoughts? Should the Chargers pick him up if Mike Williams is, is injured for any period of time? Could he f- be a fit coming in late?
2: I actually like that idea. I, I, I would be... I would rally behind it. Assuming he's going to come in at a nice discount. It doesn't cost a lot of money. I mean, we don't have another Mike Williams on this roster. I mean, technically he's not another Mike Williams. So let's just be clear. I'm not saying, Oh, we bring him in. He replaces Mike Williams directly. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that type of receiver, that big bodied contested catch kind of guy. Like that's, that's what Muhammad Sanu is. And I think that it, you know, we're, we're losing out on that by losing out on Mike Williams for at least the first game. I think, again, I think, it's going to be hard for him to be back in September in general. I think the, from what I saw, he may not be back until game until, you know, the saints game, to be honest. So I I think it would behoove the chargers to give him a look. I mean, he's in shape, obviously he's been in camp uh, with the Patriots. I think, you know, bring him in, let him play that kind of wide receiver two, big body guy. And then, then that way you can have whatever guy you want playing wide receiver three. I mean, you've got, again, we, we came into the season, Without, or we ended the season last season without really having that speedy, deep threat kind of guy, that's that Burner. Um, I mean, we, if you look at the skill set for Jennings and, and the guy um, and a Reed, those are all three Burners. So if that's what they want, they want a Burner to be their wide receiver three. You've got guys who can step into that role. Um, so I think Sanu would actually be a very nice fit, and I would definitely not hate to see him uh, make the team.
3: Especially with his quarterback stats as well seven completions in eight attempts with four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, that's what I know him for. He's pretty good. That's right. He might even be the best uh, quarterback if we signed him on the Chargers roster.
0: (laughs) We have have trust in uh, Tom Telesco, but if you can get Sanu on a one-year deal, why
1: not? It feels like the kind of deal he likes. You know, late in the season, someone cuts someone unwanted. Mm -hmm. We Like when we had Brandon Flowers off the Chiefs Mm -hmm. and things, so... I could see it happening. I wouldn't say no. He's the kind of player you like to pick up off the uh, waivers in week one or two of fantasy. um, And he he wins you some games. So um, let's let's keep an eye.
2: I'll tell you who I'm actually keeping an eye on uh, is that uh, Riley Reif uh, in Minnesota, the left tackle. A solid, solid player. I mean, he's not a big, sexy name, but he is a very solid left tackle Better than anyone we have on our roster right now so the vikings are trying to get him to take a pay cut and i think if the chargers can swoop in and grab him for one of those famous telesco three-year deals i'd be very happy with that um so that's a guy i'm monitoring personally but sanu would be another one i think i'm going to keep an eye on now um i know that he does have a really close relationship with Dwayne haskins i know the two of them have worked out a lot together um so you know Washington is in need of receiver help. I mean, they're in need of a lot of help in a lot of places, but receiver is one of them. So, you know, don't count the Redskins out as a potential landing spot for Sanu. So we'll see. Just read about Riley Reef, though, that he, before
3: his time in the NFL, was an avid fan of the Oakland Raiders.
1: Ooh, don't want him. Get out.
0: Ooh, never heard of him.
1: Never heard of him. We'll <laughs> talk about them next time. Um, guys, that brings us to an end of this epic epic episode I hope all you listeners have enjoyed it we will be back in a, in a week with um, games six uh, I, I just lost my maths ability there uh, <laughs> uh, no I think,
2: I think you six mean, to nine six to uh, I, I don't think that's six to nine I think no, it's six. no this is <laughs> nine, <to 12? laughs> like, yes, nine, nine to twelve. 12. <laughs> uh, nine, nine, ten, it's late, 12. Nine, to 12. nine to twelve. That's <laughs> nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Nine to twelve.
1: Nine, That's, that's he's how that, you do four. He's at the s- <laughs> nine to twelve. He's at the score when we when we play the Raiders. <laughs> Jesus, um, look, we're gonna we're gonna review those. We're gonna improve our maths, uh, and uh, we'll keep you up uh, updated with any signings. Uh, and touch wood no more injuries um, we wish all the best to Derwin James get well soon we look forward to seeing you back uh, mate so uh, lots of positive thought going out from this podcast to our stud um, thank you for joining us uh, guys before we leave uh, where can we find you on the socials
2: <laughs> at endzone85 as always you can find me at Airs hashtag audible chocolate
3: and I'm at UKLA Chargers
1: the podcast is at Charged Up Pod. And I'm at Bez the Spaniard. Uh, Come follow me for some rants this week about uh, losing Derwin James because I'm in a bad mood with it all. Um, Thank you very much for joining us. Have a great evening. We'll see you next week.
0: You don't win this game i'm doing the following podcast after week six with underpants on my head and pencils at my nostrils